This morning, our, <clears throat> our passage comes to us from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 11, which you can see on the TVs that are mounted on the wall now. Yeah, special thanks to our, our, everyone who was involved in that. Um, it just looks nicer, and yeah. It's definitely a, a, a work of love that they put up there. Uh, first, Second Peter chapter two, starting verses chapter one, verses starting from verse three, uh, which you can see on the wall, or just look, open up your Bible or on your phone as well. Verse three: His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective, or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this, in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord, Jesus, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, these last couple of months have been really fun for me and my wife. Uh, we watched our son, Jameson, grow from a little swaddled nugget uh, to an eight-month-old, barely crawling, three teeth coming in little uh, boy, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, when he was first born, uh, people always asked me, hey, are you having fun? And it was fun. It was rewarding, but all he did basically was eat, sleep, and make a ton of dirty diapers. That much actually hasn't changed. Uh, but he's, he's growing. Uh, he's starting to uh, observe the world. When you come into the room, he can spot you uh, a while away, and he smiles. He loves to laugh, and this has been one of the most incredible times to watch him grow. Uh, But it's also kind of scary because now uh, we're looking across the horizon and we're realizing that baby Jameson pretty soon is going to be walking. So now we got to baby-proof our our apartment. Uh, We started to buy those little things to plug into the outlets to make sure that he doesn't get his hands in any of that stuff. Uh, We bought some foam for our living room table to make sure that he doesn't hurt himself on any of the corners. And as scary as all of this is, Uh, we really shouldn't be surprised because babies are supposed to grow. As a matter of fact, it would be really concerning and very alarming if he didn't grow. If he was five years old and he was still putting everything, and I mean everything, in his mouth at five, uh, it would be a much different story. Babies are supposed to grow. And I think it's very fitting that as we look at the new year, I think if we approach it from the heart of a father that wants to see his children grow, I think that's a really fitting way to start the year because nothing makes me happier than to watch Jameson grow, than to go to the doctor's office and watch him get placed on the scale and see how he's gone from whatever to to gain weight and that his uh, size is growing. He's growing in inches and his head is getting bigger. And if he's my child, his head's going to get a whole lot bigger. (laughs) 
But nothing makes me happier than seeing him grow. And I think the heart of the Father for all of us is the same. That God, our Father, delights in seeing you grow. That God, just like any uh, good father uh, or an amazing father, God loves to see you grow. And New Year's is a very fitting time uh, because uh, on, for whatever reason, once the calendar changes from 2015 to 2016, we start to believe that it's a new year for us and that we can have new mercies. And whatever happened five months ago or, or five weeks ago or five days ago, that's left in 2015. See, Scripture gives us an even better picture than New Year, New Me. Scripture says that new mercies are available for us every single morning. And that every single morning, as soon as you open your eyes, before you have your first sip of coffee, before you get the crust out of your eyes, God has given you brand new mercies. So whatever your goal is for this year, whatever your goal is for this week, I want to encourage you that God wants to see you grow. And I bet a lot of you are sitting here today because you can think of different ways in your life that you can grow in, specific areas that you want to see growth. Specific habits that you want to leave in the past. Specific ways that you know that God wants to change you. And you're here today partially because you want to grow. And that's, that's a really good thing. I have certainly goals for myself. And I have goals for Renaissance, some of which we're going to talk about a little bit today. But I want to see us grow, not just in numbers. I'm not worried about that. I want to see us grow to be more mature followers of Jesus. For those of you who don't know where you stand, I want to see you grow and take that leap of faith and place your faith in Christ in a real way. Because growth is, is actually all around us. Nobody here goes, works for a job that they don't want to see you grow, right? If you work at a restaurant, the, the, the manager of the restaurant is not saying, yeah, you know, if people come, they come. If they don't, they don't. They're all strategizing, trying to find ways to get more people into the restaurant. Schools are trying to increase performance and grow in their test scores. All around us is this thing called growth. Now, my, my sincere hope for us today is that we'll look at different ways and different areas uh, that you and I can grow, not just in general, not like a, 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 just so you can grow in your career, but that you can grow closer to God. But a lot of us, uh, we've uh, encountered some pitfalls on our way. We've made plans in 2015 or 14 or whatever the year uh, to grow, and for whatever reason, it didn't materialize. And, and I think Scripture has some things to tell us about that. So I want to look at a couple things from this, this Scripture in uh, 2 Peter uh, today, and, and we can kind of uncover some of the pitfalls and some of the areas that you and I could really grow. So I want you to think for a second, how amazing would it be if you were able to snap your fingers and that one thing or that those two things come true in your life? Those areas that you struggle with, the anger, the impatience, the bitterness, the lack of faith. What if you could grow to a place where you could trust God more? What if you could grow to a, a place where you could be more gracious to people? What if you could grow and you could leave some of those addictions and those habits behind for good this time? See, Scripture lets us in on, on a couple of things. And the Scripture was written by a dude named Peter. And, and Peter was a close follower of Jesus. And he wrote this letter to a bunch of Christians, uh, a bunch of people sitting around in a church. So he wrote this letter about 2,000 years ago. And it was a group of people sitting just like you're sitting right now, reading and, and, and listening to this letter that Peter wrote. And Peter lets us in on a couple of things about growth that I want you to get. You have to get these things. And the first thing is probably one of the most important things, and it's this. Growth is possible. Growth for you is possible. And I don't care how you were raised. 
I don't care uh, what happened to you in the past. I don't care what deficiencies you think you may have. I don't care how you were brought up. I don't care if mommy or daddy wasn't there. I don't care if you didn't have the education, if you couldn't get FAFSA to give you all of the loans you needed to get uh, uh, more and more degrees. It doesn't matter what has happened to you in your life. Listen, the first thing we have to know as we embark on this journey is that deep, real, organic change and growth is possible for you. I remember uh, years ago when I first became a Christian, and uh, I had a lot of reasons to doubt whether or not I could ever change. Uh, one of those reasons was uh, the support system I had, my friends, my teammates. Uh, not everybody was exactly supportive of me. Uh, and when they found out that I had become a Christian, when I told them that, they laughed and said, some of them laughed and said, yeah, whatever, man. In three weeks, you'll be back to the same old J.O. And, and a piece of me actually kind of believed them. I kind of believe that it would be really, really difficult for me to change. And yeah, maybe God could forgive my sins. And maybe God could accept me based on Jesus. And, but I doubted whether or not I would actually be able to grow. Uh, years ago, I remember I went to a Bible study. This is when I first became a Christian. And the pastor encouraged everybody. He said, I want you to write down three really bold desires that you have for this year. I wrote, go to church every weekend, stay away from dice games, and get out the club. And for me, at that time, those were like, oh, if, God, if I can stay away from the dice games, then Jesus is real. Like, then Jesus <laughs> is, he is absolutely real because I, I had a number of habits and addictions and things uh, that were really plaguing me, and I, and I couldn't seem to break anything. And it's laughable now when I think about, you know, wanting to just go to church uh, every single week as a, as a bold goal for me. But listen, I, I bet the same is true for some of you guys. That there are some goals that you have uh, that you might not share with anybody else, but uh, you doubt whether or not you can actually change. You doubt whether or not God can actually do this work in your heart. And this doesn't just go for you. This goes for your family members. This goes for your friends. This goes for your significant other. This goes for your spouse. This goes for your children. Not only can you change, they can change also. So the way that, watch the way you treat people and the way you talk to people. It's not that they are always going to be doing uh, the same thing that they're doing right now. It could be that we are uh, uh, talking down at people and we're not uh, pushing them towards a place where they could actually see growth. But that annoying habit, that addiction, all of these things that have plagued them for years, they can change as well. And here's what we see in Second Peter. Uh, he says, here's why. In verses 3 and 4, uh, it says, uh, he has, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. And my version's a little different here. Uh, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may be able to participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world. He says, through these, we may be able to participate in the divine nature. Now, I want you to think about it like this. When we're born, we are implanted with the DNA of our parents and our grandparents. And inside of us, there is something that is working itself out that against your will, against your knowledge, uh, you can be completely oblivious. Uh, you will start to form characteristics and habits and attributes that have been implanted in you by your ancestors. That nose, that chin, that metabolism, you owe it to your grandma. And scripture tells us the same thing. Here's what Peter's getting at. If you have been born again by God's spirit, he's saying there is something inside of you that will work itself out. In Isaiah, God says that his word will not return to him void. 
what God has done inside of us, if we are, are, are Christians, that God has put his spirit, he has caused his spirit to live inside of us. And listen, in the same way that Jameson is starting to look more and more like his daddy, and he doesn't have to worry if he's going to be swaggy one day. Listen, it's going to happen, young man. In the same way that he is developing these traits, God is saying, listen, God has given us everything we need so we can participate in the divine nature. If you have God's spirit living inside of you, it's not only uh, that God can forgive your sins. Change in your life to, be more, to look more like Jesus in your life is possible because the DNA of God is living inside of you. Through these, we may be able to participate in the divine nature. Now, here's what Peter is saying. If you've been born again with God's spirit, change is possible because we have already been given all things. And all things he means is God's spirit to live inside of us. DNA will reproduce after its own kind, period. And scripture lets us know that God has given us his spirit and it will bear fruit. Now, I want to be real honest for a second. A lot of us have committed mistakes, have made mistakes, have done things, and we doubt, uh, we really doubt whether or not God could ever change us. Well, you've been doing the same thing for so long uh, that you doubt uh, that God can actually give you real heart change. And here's, here's some really good news from scripture. If God's spirit lives inside of you, change for you, is absolutely possible. And it doesn't matter how many years you've struggled with X or Y. It doesn't matter. None of these things uh, will plague you forever. God's spirit is bigger than all of the mistakes you can ever make. God's spirit. A lot of us, we say things and we, and we think it's humility, uh, but it's actually unbelief. We actually don't believe that the God of the universe that spoke uh, uh, light from darkness, that spoke uh, this entire world from nothing, that God that lives inside of you, if he can do that, he can help you stop smoking cigarettes. He can help you get out the club and stay away from the dice games, right? Stay away from the dice games. Now, um, Jesus gives this teaching in John 3, a teaching that I'm sure you've heard, uh, if you, especially if you grew up in church. He says, listen, uh, you have to be born again. And one of the reasons that some people, you might be thinking, well, I'm not seeing change in my life and I don't think it's possible. Uh, a prerequisite for this is that Jesus says, listen, in order for you to really see this change, you have to first have my spirit living inside of you. And Jesus taught this thing called you have to be born again. And growing up for me, it was an old deacon in a brown suit telling everybody you got to be born again. I don't know why it was brown suits, but they were in in the 80s. And these deacons in brown suits would tell you, you have to be born again. And they would, or pastors banging against the, the, the lectern, you have to be born again. And it sounds like a really weird and uh, a really deep and intense thing. And Jesus is saying, it's not that you're a bad person per se. He's saying, listen, none of us are born into God's family. None of us are born in, in God's kingdom, that something has to happen later in our lives where our hearts are made alive. And for some of us, and this is a really hard truth that I want you guys to take a second and, and sit with, some of us have never come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ yet, right? You might have been to church, you might have done all of these different things, but you have yet to actually place your faith in Jesus in a real way. And if this is you, man, shout out to being here. This is a fantastic place for you to be here. I think that you owe it to yourself to ask some hard questions. Uh, right after church today, we're going to actually have some time in, in the back room where we're going to take our information. And if you don't know where you stand with God, this is a great place to come and ask questions. And we'll announce it right after service. Uh, and this could be a great day for you. And uh, one of the things that I've, I've noticed over the years is that a lot of people, you're not seeing change, you're not seeing growth. And a lot of it is because you've yet to place your faith in Jesus. Now, the second reason you might be saying, well, change might be possible, Jordan, but I still, I'm not really seeing it, and, I, and I'm pretty sure I placed my faith in Jesus, and this is what you need to know. Not only is change possible, 
but change is gradual. Here's what uh, we see in Scripture. Real growth is gradual. Peter says like this, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, and here's what Peter is saying, the qualities that you need to grow, if you uh, is in increasing measure, right? Increasing meaning it's not, a, God doesn't uh, in, invade our lives with a dump truck, back it in one day and just unload everything you need, give you all of the growth, and then say, all right, catch you later and, and pull off and go to the next person. The work of God in your life happens in increasing measure. It's gradual. See, Americans, and especially New Yorkers, we are the most impatient people in the world, right? Uh, last week, I was in Jamaica. That's a little humble brag, uh, but um, I was. And I was trying to explain to one of Jessica's aunts what Amazon Prime now is. And she was like, oh, Amazon Prime. I was like, no, no, no. Prime now. Next level. And I was like, that next day stuff, that's like a thing of the past. Prime now, you can order something. It can be delivered to your door in two hours. She was like, but why would you need that? And I was like, because we do. We need it, all right? (laughs) Stop asking questions. (laughs) See, I'm an incredibly impatient person, and I I think you guys, if you live in New York, you have uh, some of that in common with me. And if we're not careful, some of that impatience will start to trickle its way into our spiritual life. And we'll start to think that the work of God in our lives should happen like fast food, should happen like Amazon Prime now. And the good things that should happen in our lives should happen immediately. But God doesn't work like that. A couple of phrases that Peter uses, uh, one in this chapter, he says, in increasing measure. In the next chapter, he says, like newborn babies, drink the spiritual milk of God. And what Peter is getting at is this. The work that God wants to do in your life doesn't happen overnight in the same way that babies grow very gradually. The growth of God in your life is going to happen gradually. See, if you went to a five-year-old and said, hey, I don't know why you're not playing you know, in the NFL, or I don't know why you're not doing calculus, uh, you would be judging that five-year-old on some terrible standards. Even if that kid is amazing and brilliant and smart and all of these things, listen, five-year-olds don't play in the NFL. Five-year-olds don't do uh, calculus. And a lot of us judge ourselves based on the wrong standards. We think that God should do some crazy stuff in our lives in, in an instant, but God doesn't work like that, because change is gradual. And Peter wants us to know that the work that God wants to do happens in increasing measure. Now, here's the big danger if you don't uh, understand that God does stuff gradually. The big danger is you'll be doing a good thing and you'll stop prematurely. I've had so many conversations with people that have like done Bible reading plans. I was talking to this one lady. She was like, yeah, I tried it. It didn't work. I was like, what do you mean it didn't work? She was like, yeah, I was reading the Bible for like two weeks, man. I didn't feel anything. And I was like, so you mean to tell me that in two weeks, you didn't see any growth in your life and you just quit? It just didn't work. And she was like, yep, that's what I'm saying. Listen, a lot of us, we're neglecting the spiritual milk that we really need. Uh, The practices, the things that God is really trying to use us to grow us with, uh, we're not doing it because we're expecting things to happen in an instant. And change, real change, doesn't work like that. Now, most of us overestimate what can happen in a couple of weeks, and we underestimate what God wants to do through us over years. Now, it's like this. I've done this before. Uh, years ago, my wife and I were about to get married, and, you know, I tried on, I tried on my suit, and I was like, uh, it's a little tight in places it shouldn't be tight. You know what I mean? Like, my pants stopped, like, right here. I was trying to wiggle them up. And she was like, I was like, oh, but that's not a big deal because I can lose five pounds in a week. All I got to do is eat salads, you know what I'm saying, hit the gym, you know, do a couple crunches, and then I'll be back in no time. JL, I'm back, right? 
So at the end of the week, I stepped on the scale, I smiled, winked at her, and I looked down at the scale, and see the way my metabolism is set up, right? It doesn't work like that. I lost like 0.1 pounds. See, I wanted God to do, I wanted my life to just change in an instant, and real organic growth that happens in our lives doesn't happen in an instant. If I were to go to you and say, hey, I went to the gym for like a week, it didn't work, you know, I look at her, you try to suck it. I'm sure you've all done this. You've had like one really hard session at the gym. You went home, you went in the mirror, you try to suck it in a little bit, <laughs> see if you could see any difference, and you looked exactly the same. Right? After a week, you're not going to see a difference. Do that for a year. Do that for five years and see if you see a difference. See, the change that God wants to happen in our lives is gradual. Now, I've used this example before, and it comes from Tim Keller uh, in Redeemer in, uh, in Manhattan. And he says spiritual growth is like an acorn. Now, an acorn is the, the seed of, a, of the oak tree, right? If you want to, to move uh, slabs of concrete, an entire so- sidewalk with an acorn, you can do it. But you can't do it by taking the acorn, growing outside, and slab, slamming it on the, on the pavement. It won't work. If you want that acorn to disrupt and to uh, move that concrete out of its way, you got to plant it. you got to bury it. you got to let it wait. And that over time, eventually, that acorn will start to dig its roots down deep. And eventually, it will start to spring forth, and it's going to move everything, concrete, all around it. And Christianity and the Holy Spirit is not a silver bullet. It's an acorn. And if you want God to do work in your life, you're going to have to let God's word and prayer bury itself inside of you and give it time. Any concrete slab in our lives can be moved, but it's going to take long obedience in the same direction to get there. Now, not only is growth possible and not only is growth gradual, but growth is also intentional. There's something that you have to do, uh, something that I have to do to grow. First uh, Peter, I mean, Second Peter 1, uh, 5 and 8, it says like this, For this reason... Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Peter uses a phrase here that I want us to focus in on. He says, to make every effort. It's not just going to happen because you have faith. It's not going to happen because you want it to happen. If you want growth to happen in your life, you're going to have to make every single effort. Now, uh, uh, it, it happens like that because in our world, there's something called the principle of decay, right? As soon as you take a banana off the vine, it starts to rot. And as soon as you unplug something from the source of nourishment, it starts to decay and die. Right? Stay away from the gym for a little bit and go back. All of you January 1 gym people, you're going to find out the hard way Tuesday morning when you wake up with that soreness. Right? All you have to do to decay is do nothing. Simply do nothing and watch what happens. Now, spiritually, uh, Peter's saying us the same thing. To make every single effort in order to grow. That your faith in and of itself is not enough. Let me, let me say it like this. Uh, you know, growing up, one of the uh, things that I've struggled with most before marriage was I'm a, I'm a sneakerhead right? Teenagers, where my teenagers at? Right? So I, I'm, I was addicted to sneakers. I took out a student loan in college, and I bought sneakers. <laughs> you don't want me giving you financial advice, by the way. And I had like 30, 40, 50 pairs of sneakers, and, you know, most 
work that happens in your life is gradual, but for me, it was an immediate cure. Uh, once I got married, my wife told me I couldn't buy any more sneakers, so God healed me uh, of being a sneakerhead. But if you want to get the Yeezys, right? If you want to get the Jordan 4s, if you want to get some exclusive sneakers, I promise you they won't just fall into your lap. I promise you if you just sit back and say, yeah, I'll go online whenever I feel like it. I'll do it, you know, whenever I, I want to. See if, you, see if you'll get those sneakers. If you want to get those sneakers, you have to make every effort. You're going to have to rearrange your day to make sure you're in front of your laptop with like 10 different laptops in front of you to try to find it and, and click on it. Or even worse, to stand in line for like five hours and wake up like at 3 a.m. to stand in line to buy some sneakers. If you want these exclusive J's, you're going to have to make every single effort. Here's what Peter is saying. You want to grow? Make every effort. Rearrange your days around this priority. Rearrange your life. Rearrange the way you spend your money. Rearrange all of these things around this one thing. What does it look like for you to make every single effort? What does it look like for you to, to make every effort to make sure that you are, uh, you're, you're not being ineffective and unproductive in your walk? See, a, a big reason a lot of us aren't seeing growth is that we're just not making any effort. We've let so many other things get on top of this one pursuit that we say we're on. We let so many other things distract us. And listen, I'm preaching to myself right now. There's so many mornings that ESPN and Mike and Mike on the radio are, are, are prime distractions, number one and, and two. Listen, I'm, I'm talking to myself here, but I, I want you guys to know going forward, if you want to grow, you're going to have to make every effort. Make every effort to be at your community group. Make every effort to be here in church on time. Make every effort to read your scripture in the morning. Make every effort to have time aside, protected, so you can grow. Peter uses a word uh, to add to your faith, um, to supplement to your faith, uh, because he knows on its own, you can't just sit down and, and nothing, you know, and grow on its own. I was watching this commercial last week. It was um, for the Flex Belt. And I don't know if you guys have seen these. Um, the Flex Belts are these belts that you wear, <laughs> right? And they promise you, listen, if you want a six-pack, all you got to do is plug this joint in, yo. That's all you got to do. Plug it in, sit down on the couch, eat Cheetos, and you'll have a six-pack like in three weeks. And there's like this super-toned model standing there with like a 20-pack. And saying, all I did was just plug it in. I sat down on the couch and then... Boom, look at this. Look, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. <laughs> now, you know, am, despite the negative Amazon reviews, I hope that you would never buy one of these. My apologies if you got one for Christmas. But uh, send it back. I hope you got the gift receipt. Before you spend $150 on a flex belt, know that anything that sounds too good to be true probably is too good to be true. If you want to grow, if you want to get a six-pack, you're going to have to lay off them yams and mac and cheese and take your butt to the gym. Here's, here's what Peter is telling us in 2 in Peter. Make every effort to add to your faith. And he uses a word in the Greek, it's like supplement. And, uh, you know, growing up in, you know, uh, in high school, I was trying to gain weight so I could play basketball in college, and I didn't want people to be pushing me around the court. Um, and, you know, I started taking a supplement, creatine, and it was disgusting. It's like you put, like, you put, like, this nasty powder, and the powder never really dissolves. It's, like, super powdery at the bottom. You just have to just drink it. And creatine promises that it's going to help you put on muscle mass. And it actually, it kind of did. Um, and listen, all of the people at GNC and people at supplements know that, listen, in order to get to this next level, you're going to have to take supplements. And this is what Peter is saying. Add to your faith, supplement to your faith, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, all these different things. Your faith alone is not going to make you grow. Make every single effort uh, to do that. 
And that's one of the reasons I am super duper excited about January 30th. We're having our first uh, class on an intro to how to read the Bible. And listen, you, some, of you, some of you guys have been in church for a long time, and I think you would benefit from it uh, for sure. And certainly if you're new to church, this whole Jesus thing, I think you would absolutely uh, benefit from it. And you know what? I want you to make every effort to make sure you're there. I want you to clear your calendar around making sure you can spend time learning how to read scripture, learning how to put scripture as an intentional rhythm in your life. Because I've I've been around Christianity a long time and I've never met anybody that has grown. I've never met anybody that's grown to be a mature uh, believer, a mature follower of Jesus, and they don't know how to read scripture. I've never seen it happen. And that we're giving you guys this opportunity. So I would make sure, make every opportunity to make sure you guys are there. There's only 50 slots available. So as soon as we open a link for it, I want you guys to sign up uh, immediately. But here's the good news. Not only is uh, growth possible and and gradual and intentional, growth is also dependent. See, uh, growth that God wants to do in your life is bigger than you just gritting your teeth and deciding, you know what? That was was good. I'm going to make every effort. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow. That's what I'm going to do. It's bigger than you deciding that you're going to grow. It's bigger than you deciding uh, that you're going to do, you know, make some time in the morning. Our growth has to be uh, dependent. It's bigger than us deciding that we're going to do um, what we're going to do. And Peter says the root of everything, uh, in, as we'll see in verse 9, he says, whoever lacks these qualities, and he talked about like the, uh, the knowledge and the self-control and the perseverance, whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. And here's what I want you guys to catch this. Peter makes a link between our pursuit of God and our growth and with remembering that we've been cleansed from our sins. He links our pursuit of God with us remembering that we've been cleansed from our sins. And here's what Peter's getting at. The work that God did to cleanse us from our sins was something so amazing, so incredible, something so groundbreaking that you could have never done it on your own. Paul says like this in Ephesians 2, he says, yo, you were dead in your sins while you were dead in your sins, right? You can't bounce back from, from being dead. Sprained ankle, yes, but not being, not being dead. And he says, while you were dead in your sins, Jesus made you alive. The cleansing that happened in your life was completely, 100%, all on the shoulders of Jesus Christ that made us alive. And later, Paul asks his questions in Galatians. He says, yo, you foolish Galatians. That which was uh, started in the spirit, do you now wish to continue it in the flesh? Do you now wish to grow yourself? That, you know, if God gave you new life, do you now think you're going to grow yourself by yourself? Absolutely not. See, the growth that we have to have is dependent. It's dependent on the only one that can help us to grow. It's not you all on your own, but it's a God that has entered into our lives, that wants to see us grow, a father that's calling us to him to grow, and we have to continue to depend on him. There's a story about a man named uh, George Adam Smith. He was a preacher and an author, and he was on a mountain climbing tour in the Alps. And as he got near the top of the Alps, he got super excited thinking about the view that he was going to see. He got up from his knees, got up to his feet, and started running towards the peak of the mountain when a big gust of wind took him, and he almost fell off the side of the mountain. His tour guide grabbed him and said, Mr. Smith, up here, the only way you can make it is on your knees that the wind would blow you back if you, if you tried to stand up on your own. And listen, a lot of us try to stand on our own two feet, our own two feet of our accomplishments, of how much money we make, or how much uh, in education we have, or how much willpower we are, how, much, how strong we are. But up here, in the pursuit of God, the only way you'll make it is on your knees. 
See, there's something about uh, starting our, our pursuits of God with prayer, starting it with uh, the acknowledgement that, God, listen, I, I, can't, I can't make any of this stuff happen on my own. I can't. Uh, one of the most deflating things for me is me realizing how messed up I am, uh, me uh, failing at something that I said I was going to do, only to come back to my knees and say, God, yeah, it's me again. I messed up again. I, couldn't, I said I was going to read this much, and I didn't. I said I was going to do this, and I didn't. And it's there in my failures and my weaknesses that I'm reminded of the gospel, the gospel message that says, listen, it was never about you and your performance in the first place. And it's there that we realize that while we were sinners, Jesus died for the ungodly. And God's love for us is called something called prevenient grace, that God gives us grace before we ever uh, amount to anything. And that's the only thing that's going to sustain you, is a life lived in reverence of the one who came for you before you can give him, before you can offer God anything. Jesus died for us while we, he died for the ungodly. And that's the gospel truth. Jesus says in John 15 and 5, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now let's set our minds not to separate the grace of God from our pursuits of God. The same grace that we need to have a relationship with God is the same grace that's going to carry us forward. You want to hear security for the new year? That the God of grace that came from heaven to earth, that died for your sins, will see to it that you and I will never be alone. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's security. Hope for the new year is not in how well you, um, you know, follow a Bible plan or don't follow a Bible plan. Hope for the new year, hope for our new lives, is that God loves sinners. and Jesus saves sinners and God is gracious. And that grace is enough. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, um, so many of us have um, goals to grow this year. Um, Father, I pray that you would help us to see um, all of the distractions and things that are getting in our way, the things that are causing us to, you know, to completely um, disregard all to keep to make. God, I pray that you would inspire us to keep going even when we feel like we're not loved, to keep going even when we feel like we can't do it, that we can rely the full weight of our lives on you. God, I pray that you would give us a burning desire. I pray that you would surround us with people that would encourage us, that would equip us to move forward. I pray that you would push us and allow us to see real growth in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.